Hi everyone, this is LOA Uncorked with Gina and Holly. We intend to have some fun around Law of Attraction principles. Let's discover and unleash the magic that exists inside ourselves. Tune in as we go on the hero's journey together to uplevel our lives with no bullshit, all truth, and nothing but fun. Grab a glass and join our virtual VIP conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncorked. This is Holly. And this is Gina. And Gina, you know what? I'm so excited for us to introduce our next guest. This was an amazing interview. It really was. I mean, uh, we introduce a little bit on the the podcast that gives context to how we uh, got to know our guest from today. But but I think even Holly and I, as excited as we were for the conversation, were just in awe of our guest today and what she brought to to the podcast and the content. Just an ex- incredible example of of what a mindful living, what law of attraction lifestyle, you know, honoring who you are, continuing to find ways to to just be a better be a better representation of who you are. She couldn't have been a better example for you and I, certainly in the conversation and hopefully our audience as well. Her name is April Cornell, and she owns and operates the Altar in Seattle, Altar Mm -hmm. Seattle, and we will uh, put that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. She is an intuitive artist, medium, healer, and coach, and she combines the healing energies of Reiki and shamanic practices into the art and transformational process of tattooing. Yeah, It's pretty incredible. Even if you are not into tattoos, you will be into this conversation. Absolutely. She takes us from, you know, art into meditation, into her intuitive gifts, how to live a life of flow. Yeah. She is an inspiration to us and she's going to be an inspiration to you. Absolutely. So we are so excited to have you listen. We hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncorked. This is Holly. And this is Gina. And Gina, Gina, Gina. I know. It's big afternoon I today. Know. Been waiting a while. We have been. And been it's worth the be wait. Worth, ah, I took stole the words it. out of my mouth. Okay. Stole it. Yes, today we have April Cornell, mm-hmm. who, okay, so listen, everybody. Okay. <laughs> this, this is maybe not as meaningful to her as it is to me, but mm-hmm. you know. You know, it yeah, is. It is. Okay, what's so it, I April, e- even April will agree by the end of the podcast. What's important to you is important to all of us. You know, exactly. So, yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. I met April um, at an event uh, that my friend Sherry and I went to, a Hay House event. And I think it was in 2017, like January or something. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly, but 16, maybe, maybe 16. Anyway, doesn't matter. Okay, it was in Seattle. So it was a while ago. Yes, it was a while ago. And Sherry left me on a day and I was by myself and it was lunchtime and there was this cool girl standing over talking to these other ladies. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, I think I just made my way into the cool (laughs) club, you know, (laughs) trying to, anyway, I remember she was gorgeous, had tattoos and she said she was a tattoo artist and gave me a card. And at that point in time, I had no tattoos. And, but I thought, you know, it's so beautiful, the art that she does Mm -hmm. and, I never keep anybody's card. Just no, if you I gave know. me your card, you know, I tossed it out. Okay. Hers, 
I kept in my bedroom on the dresser for how many years? No way. Yes. Okay. 16, 17, uh, when you did kept we on do the dr- 19? Now, three the dresser years. part you never told me. Yeah, like like in my house on the dresser, like for oh. three years, like like that collects dust and yeah. shit. Okay, yeah. on the dresser, right? Yeah. Okay, so I had it there, and so when I got this urge, and I'm going to say it's a divine urge, and we're gonna, she's gonna tell us all about her divine process. Mm-hmm. I got this urge that I needed to. Now it's post divorce, or mm-hmm. I hadn't really officially been divorced, but I. But you started the process. Yes, <laughs> and and I felt the urge to get a tattoo mm-hmm. and I knew what I wanted. I, it just spoke to me and I didn't know why I wanted it so much, but I, but, and I was like, mm, that lady, I didn't remember it was April. I'm not good with names. Okay. But I'm like, Oh, I have her card. And so out came the card and yeah. Gina and I looked at it and then I tried to book and we'll talk about that later. Ladies and gentlemen, it is very hard to book even back then. <laughs> but worth the wait. <laughs> but worth the wait. Yeah. So Gina and I go there and I got my tattoo there. And Gina, what what go ahead. Take it away, girl. Well, you know, we 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 so she dra- drags me along because I've I've had tattoos and she's like, You need to come with me. Like I, and I will say, of all of my friends and and people I know well and not so well. Holly was probably the last person I would have ever expected to have wanted a tattoo ever. And you were convicted about this. And to the point where I think she like, you know, did some special extra something, something to get bumped in the line or something. I so, did. Yeah, extra did extra express. Pay. Yes, yes it, I So did. I think she got all that because <laughs> she was so committed to doing it. And so I was, of course, lo- I was, I was loving like, she every can minute. only do it. I was like, this woman is the only person that should do I it. I go, okay. Well, I mean, the fact that, I mean, that I mean, it is, does, none of it makes any none sense. Of it makes I mean, sense. anybody that knows me knows it makes so no sense. So we go to this shop on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, morning, maybe, um, and it was the most stunning tattoo shop I've ever been in. And you walk in and the energy and it felt- Well, there's crystals. Yes, there's crystals. There's a chandelier. And there's it, this energy in that. It is not- Listen, take all the inked and all that crappy stuff you've thought about from tattoo shows oh, no. and tattoo experiences yeah, no, in no. your past- Think about think about a metaphysical space that has the most amazing energy and out drifts. I mean, I don't even think your feet touch the ground. Out drifts April to pick you up to go do the the. Well, she's the, gorgeous. The, ta- the tattoo and it was it was the a most the most memorable experience I've had in a very long time. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And she's yeah. gorgeous and she's bossy. Yes, because as you remember, very opinionated. Okay, very opinionated. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. okay she's it. an artist. I like when somebody bossy, tells you what to do. Gorgeous, <laughs> intuitive artist. Okay. Yeah. All that rolled up into one little package. Yeah. And so she was like, yeah, no, that's too small. Okay. And I'm like, Ooh. okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. she was bossy and we got the right thing. Okay. It was mm-hmm. absolutely the right thing. Yeah, so it's incredible. Anyway, so. so we are so excited since that time where she made such an impact to us. Uh, we have wanted to have her on the podcast yes. and we wanted her to talk about her evolution. So she's an intuitive, she's a medium, Mm -hmm. she's a healer. You can absolutely feel that in the presence of her Mm -hmm. shop. I don't know what else to call it. It's a, it's, it's, you can shop there. You can pray there. I think Mm -hmm. you can get yourself healed there and you can get a tattoo (laughs) all in one. So Mm -hmm. welcome April Cornell to LOA podcast. Welcome April. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for so many nice things that you said. That's really touching. I I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we were talking about, you know, guests for our podcast and, you know, highlighting people who we've met along the way that sh- showcase living an authentic, a law of attraction kind of lifestyle. Um, people who um, 
are, are committed to what they're passionate about and committed to doing it in a way that makes their unique mark on the world. And, and we were talking about the experience at your tattoo shop and how incredible I wouldn't even call it a tattoo shop. Your your space, um, mm-hmm. the altar. Uh, altar, the altar, and I think it was just it was one of those things that never left my mind, and it was one of those things that as we continued on this conversation and journey with the podcast, you stood out more and more over time as one of those well, people that you know it would be great to he- have our audience hear from you, your history, your story, and a bit about kind of where you are in your life today and where you see it going. So maybe if you could just start and we'll, I know the conversation will, we'll, we'll talk about kind of where you're at today and where we're going, but if you could maybe give us a little bit of your history, April, a little bit about you, uh, sure. who you are, what you're all about, how you found this blend and how you've landed at, at the spot you're at currently in life. Yeah. It's a long story, <laughs> <laughs> but to make it short, I, I've always been intuitive and had mediumistic abilities, but it took me a long time to figure out exactly what was going on Mm -hmm. with myself (laughs) and that I wasn't crazy, that I actually knew things and knew what was going to happen before things were going to happen or spirits would come to me to communicate messages to other people. But I always felt out of my control and like I didn't have control over it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people feel that way with their gifts, which we all have. We all have intuitive abilities that some of us choose to hone those skills further. And and we all have the capability of doing that, which I think is important to say. And a part of my mission in helping other people is to really get in touch with their own intuition So they stop getting hit over the head like I was getting hit over the head to really wake up to myself. And and that's essentially what was happening. I was a tattooer um, and still I'm a tattooer, but I was a tattooer in the more traditional sense, uh, working at my shop, Hidden Hand Tattoo, that I opened with my husband, who still works there and, and runs and operates without me. It's on his own now. And I noticed in my sessions when I was working with people that my sessions looked a lot different than my colleagues and that I was getting information about people that I couldn't have known. Uh, And that really started to drive my artwork um, and bringing that into my artwork and then also into my sessions with my clients. And it wasn't, um, I mean, I guess many years went by and as I was going down the spiritual path, I did have an awakening. I was on the spiritual path, but I did have a, an awakening that happened after a car accident and which led me to start meditating. Mm. Were you going to ask me a question? No, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and so, so it was, it was around, it, I can't remember. It was, way before the Hay House event that this was occurring when we met. And I started getting downloads um, that I needed to open a space. And it was really important that I open the space, not only for myself to expand in my own abilities and to have a space to do that, that I felt safe in, but also for my clients. And so that they could expand in the healing process of tattooing, which is really a surrendering process. And a lot comes up while, you know, through the entire tattoo process, I find with my clients from the moment they book the tattoo until they're actually getting the tattoo. And so that really began my motivator for opening altar. And I really felt as if 
it was guided more than I was making it happen. I was really just following it. And from the moment that I had that download to opening the doors was about eight months. So it happened very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, And I, and I find that when spirit, you know, is really guiding things and you're, when you're in alignment and you're listening and you're trusting things can move forward more quickly than, than we expect. Yep. And what does that feel like? So being guided versus being in your head. I mean, if I, you know, how can we tell our audience, like, what does it feel like to be guided? Can you help Mm. with that? Well, for me, it's, yeah. What does that look like or feel like? It, what, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's still a process that I go through of feeling like I'm banging my head against the wall, <laughs> and then okay, alignment, right? <laughs> you know, and like shortening the gap in between those moments of you know insanity, really, and trying to make it perfect, you know, and do the right thing all the time, and getting more into flow. Mm-hmm. And I was really listening. I, I had the vision of altar before I saw it. Like I, I visually saw what it looked like, but it didn't seem like what I was seeing would exist in Seattle. And I had almost signed a lease with another, another place that fell through for all the right reasons, but I was devastated when it fell through, even though I was the person who didn't move forward because I, I had discovered that this man that I thought had the the perfect uh, location for me was actually a slumlord, oh. and there was evidence all online about it. Oh, and no. I and I was guided, you know, in that direction to uncover really what was going on and this really deceitful process that I'd gotten into in negotiations with him. And so it was a, it was a huge blessing, but I was also devastated. Right, and it felt um, like I, a setback at that time, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had already hired my replacement. I was like on my way out the door. Oh man. And 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 so yeah, I was I was devastated. And then I saw um I I knew that I had to keep looking. I almost, you know, I I almost went with a completely different space after that, feeling defeated and just like, well, this this is it, but it was such a smaller yeah. version and and it wasn't my vision, you right. know, and I had to get real with myself that this isn't it. And it doesn't mean it's not happening, but I can't shrink myself into this small space with what I want to do. Um, literally, you know, as well as spiritually. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and, um, and so I knew I, I saw this ad for, for altar where I'm, I'm located and it was almost a thousand dollars more than I could afford, but it looked exactly like what I had been seeing. And I knew that I had to keep the momentum going and to put that energy in the right direction instead of crying on my pillow and sulking around the shop mm-hmm. that, you know, it didn't work out. Yep. I, I knew I had to keep that momentum um, in the game, so to speak. And even my husband discouraged me. He's like, it's way too expensive. You can't afford it. Don't even look at it because you're going to want it. <laughs> and, uh, so true. Yep. And I, I got here and I looked around and uh, the landlords offered it to me right away. And I, I wanted to take it, but I told them it's it's way too expensive. It's it's not only is the rent too expensive, I don't even know what the triple net is. Yeah. And I can't afford it. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And he asked me, well, what can you afford? Oh my gosh. And I told him and he said, you got a deal. 
and I've been here ever since. Oh my God. I have chills. That's amazing. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. I mean, to talk about, you know, not getting defeated. And then I love husbands sometimes or your friends say, oh no, don't do it. You did it anyway. And then you found out Mm -hmm. that they met you, Mm -hmm. you know, he met you with with that amount of money. And that's an incredible story. Yeah. 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 And the building looked exactly like what I had been seeing. I, I saw this brick building. It looked very European to me in my mind with these mm-hmm. built-in, um, fl- like flower, you little know, pots. Uh, yeah, little yeah, boxes. little pots. Yeah, that, but they were built-ins. I was like, that doesn't exist in Seattle. Where am I going to find that? Right. It doesn't look like anything like here. And and then here it is. Yep. It is. And yeah. it stands by itself. The, the, you know, it's kind of at the end of a, a block and it's sort of that building stands out by itself. It's definitely an, it catches your eye that that's that building for sure. And you know, what's what's so funny about that is so many people never knew this building existed because for 30 years, um, it existed as a, as a, a business before me and they had the reflecting sticky film oh, on, the on the windows. Yes. So you would just see yourself when you drove by and so many people come in are like, I didn't even know this building was here mm-hmm. because it really did feel invisible from that reflective mirror. Interesting. Film. Mm. Yeah. It's, it is so funny. Um, and, and then after the build out, because it looked so much different in here mm-hmm. when I, when I got it, um, it, and I do a lot of energy work here and protecting the space and, and the land. And it, it does feel like you kind of step into a portal mm-hmm. and then you're kind of back out into the real world when you leave. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, It was like I said, um, it, it left an impression and that was, how long ago did you get that tattoo? Three uh, years 19? ago? 19, yeah. 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 January. Yeah. January. Mm-hmm. stayed with me for a long time. Yeah. So um, the question I had, so you had talked, and, and this is one of the things we've talked quite a bit about on the podcast, is around intuition and gifts. And I think um, many people doubt, question, don't listen to. Um, they think they're crazy. They think they're crazy. They don't think they don't, they think it's, they're just making it up in their mind. Yep. It's not coming from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about, you talked about, you know, questioning that in the beginning and and kind of, um, kind of where were you at in your, in your life at that time when you started to acknowledge that you had feelings or acknowledge things that maybe no one else did or could. And you started to realize that maybe you had something that was unique or different and that, you know, needed, it needed to be nurtured and acknowledged and, and worked with versus, you know, um, kind of dismissing it. Cause I think so many people do so many people do, even if you don't want to call it a gift, there's an intuition, there's guidance that's, there's things coming to you from the universe that you don't maybe even acknowledge what it is. So I'm just kind of curious if you can talk us through that um, and and how you kind of reconciled with yourself what you had and how you um, started to nurture that and listen to it maybe in a different way. Yeah. Also a really great and big question. I, I feel like I had moments of that throughout my life, but again, I didn't know how to focus it and it felt out of my control. I didn't feel like I could make it on demand Mm. or that it, that it even existed like that. So One of the pivotal moments for me was when I was working at, at our, at our first shop, I was, I was experiencing some, some issues and some relationships that I knew, I knew what was going on, but I didn't want to believe what was happening. Mm -hmm. And, 
And it made me feel like I was crazy that this couldn't possibly be happening because that would be crazy. Mm. But I knew it was happening. And, and as I saw things unfolding, you know, everything that I felt and everything that I saw um, in my visions was, was developing. And, Mm. and I knew that I had to go with my intuition because otherwise it was at the expense of myself. I had become extremely depressed. I was suicidal. Mm. I felt completely out of control and I felt like nobody was listening to me and what I saw happening and it was really taking me down. So I had, you know, I, I, it just felt like I had no other option, but I had to trust and listen to what I knew was true. And instantly, once I started to do that, even though some people around me didn't agree or didn't understand where I was coming from, I knew within my heart and within my gut that, that I was right. right. And, Mm. and, you know, as things unfolded, of course, everything started to come to fruition that I thought. And, and that's when I really woke up and I, and I, I thought I'm never going to allow this to happen for this to happen to me again, you know, for me, um, to wind up in this situation again, like where we keep getting hit over the head. And then another thing happened not long after that, which is why I got in a car accident and, it, it was, it wasn't a serious car accident in the fact where I was wound up in the hospital or anything, but I got, I was out of a stop and I got hit from someone behind going about 40 miles an hour. And it definitely damaged my car pretty good. And I was in a lot of pain. And at that point I was doing everything to live an aligned life. So I thought a lot of this at that time, I was really trying to perfect myself mm. or perfect my, my outer body. I was really focused so much on the external. And if, if I, if I do the workouts, if I drink the juice, if I, Mm -hmm. you know, don't do this and do this, then everything will come into alignment. And that car accident was really just like the Mm -hmm. putting the brakes on everything that I thought I knew. Um, but what ultimately happened was I was in physical therapy and I was really frustrated that I, I wasn't feeling better and that I, wasn't able to get back to my workouts, which I'd been really serious about for a year at that point. And I had this, um, some people might call it an out of body experience, but I, I heard a voice. I didn't feel out of body. I felt very grounded. And I was with my, with my, uh, physical therapist and I heard a voice that was so loud. It wasn't Mm. male. It wasn't female. It was this booming voice that said meditation. And it was so loud that I, I asked my physical therapist. Did you hear it? (laughs) And he was like, no. And there was also this download that came with that, that word that was audible. I mean, it was very audible. And someone had just like turned up the speaker. And in that download, I got the message that I could heal myself and that I needed to start meditating. Mm. I needed to start bringing light into my body, that I needed to really start looking within and all of this external searching which is what we're taught to do um, wasn't the answer. And that I really needed to, I needed to meditate. I needed to sit down and, and really sit with myself and sit with what was coming up. And, and that was, and still is, you know, an unfolding journey that I think that we continue down forever. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. So for meditation, what does that mean to you? I know it's different for everybody. Do you do a certain type meditation or is there a certain time? Are you disciplined? What does that look like for you? Yes, I'm, I'm very disciplined with meditation. I meditate in the morning and I meditate at night. And sometimes I'll even meditate um, 
before I have to go do something, if I'm going to go meet friends or just to honestly give myself more energy, yes, <laughs> I will feel like a boost of energy and, and also not to take um, the work day or home life or anything else into whatever right. else I'm doing, yes. just getting really centered and clear. Yeah. So my meditation has looked different over the years. I started out doing guided meditations uh, I, I, I really got into Joe Dispenza and started yep. doing his workshops mm-hmm. and, and all of his meditations and, and they're, they're wonderful. I, I went to the 10 day Vipassana silent meditation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I explored everything nice. that I, that I could, that, that was free because I felt like it, it, it shouldn't be costing me money to learn how to meditate. There are programs out there that, that charge you. And that just didn't feel right to yep. me for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so my meditation has changed. I think for other people, it's just important. I saw, I just tell everyone, it's just important to sit down and, and to me, it's like answering the phone. So we put out our messages all the time to spirit, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, our prayers, our wants, our needs. And if that's us making a phone call to the universe, if we never pick up the phone, we're not going to get the message. <laughs> Right, you know that's a brilliant I analogy. Mean, I love that. I know it's that's so true, pick though. Up the phone, okay? Yeah. yeah. When do you? So, when do you? When are you on that? duty to answer? Right. You, right. You keep putting things out. That's a that's okay, a brilliant so analogy. April, tell us, like, you know, is there a certain good picking up the phone or bad? But do you judge picking up the phone <laughs> <laughs> when you actually do no, your meditation? No, is there a bad meditation where you just sit down and go, "Gosh darn it, work was just shit," and blah blah blah? I mean, is that a bad meditation, or how do you? Can you, you know, because some people think they can't do it and it has to be good, so we're going to judge our meditation. <laughs> so, can you talk a little bit about how you feel? about that in your practice? Yeah, I, I think it's important to demystify meditation yeah. because because so many people think it's this thing where their brain's going to turn off or they're going to stop thinking and they're going to be in no mind automatically. And that's that's the essence of a good meditation. I think a good meditation is any meditation where you sit down and you are intentional and, and you're giving it a shot, you know, to do your best in that meditation. And that looks different every day yeah. because we're different every day. Just like when we exercise, you know, if we, t- if we exercise every day for a year or six days a week for a year, and then we take a vacation and come back, it's, it's going to be hard yeah. to get back in the gym and meditation builds on itself and it, it takes time. So, so the longer breaks we take from meditation, it can feel like starting over but I, I try not to judge my meditations. Uh, it's interesting when I, when I was at Vipassana meditation, you know, there would be a meditation where it were, you know, you're meditating like 15 hours a day or something. And wow. I would, I would have this completely your, your four amazing meditation one hour, you know, come back the next hour and be in miserable pain, Yeah, you know? And, and yeah. in the same day, just a few minutes apart. <laughs> yeah, know? that's crazy. And it can feel like that, I think, in our day-to-day life as well, depending on what's going on. But it's really important, I think, to call our energy back to ourselves, to hand people back what's not ours, mm-hmm. to really do, I mean, mm-hmm. this is what I do, is, you know, getting into alignment, feeling what's happening in my body bringing light into the body. I, I have a lot of rituals and, and exercises that I do 
just to clear out my body and to bring in light. And if I have questions, if I'm wanting to com- communicate with my ancestors or I'm trying to get clarity or guidance, I'll bring all of that to my meditation. I think it's so important in, in helping us to find our own answers and what our authentic truth is mm. and not the surface or what's out here. Wow. So brilliant. You know, we've talked quite a bit on the in past podcasts too about just energy and as well as boundaries and your comment about giving back to others what's theirs. Um, or you said something to that effect yeah, just yeah. a minute ago. And, and in meditation, I, yeah, yeah. Give, give so. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I feel like as human beings, that's probably one of our. Um, greatest challenges is to acknowledge what's ours, both energetically and what we should own and what someone else is and and how you balance or manage that to protect yourself and your own energy. And April, you got to give me the, what is it? Those yellow books, the dummy 101 Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. What the, is that? The, yeah, I think it is the, for dummies. It's yeah. The, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that yeah. yellow and Boundaries black Boundaries for book. dummies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Boundaries for dummies. Okay. Because no, I'm kidding about the dummy part, but yeah. I, I'm going to say that naturally. So I'm, a, I'm into astrology, right? And so like naturally. You want the cliff notes. Well, I'm Pisces, so I have no boundaries. Yeah. I come into this world. I'm hella Pisces, okay? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of planets, okay? And so I come in with no boundaries. It's so much easier to her. I'll have to ask her, did they invade my boundary? Okay, she'd be like, yes. <laughs> but and I'm a I'm Gemini, like, so some of it I might be, be honest about, about and some of it I'm lying about, but, apparently. So but. we have this funny relationship where she's really good at it, I'm not. And so if you can help maybe both yeah. Uh, both avenues of how you just kind of go about seeing, you know, what's mine, what's others, and what's your process of giving it back. Yes. That'd be great. Brilliant. Hey, Gina. Hey, Holly. Listen, Gina, I'm going to be begging for some ratings here. What do you mean? I'd like our audience, if they like us, to rate us five stars on any of the podcast platforms that, yes. that you're, they're listening to. Is that yes. what you're saying? Okay. Like Apple, Spotify. And don't you think it'd be awesome also if they really do like us to add a little comment? Oh, comments would be great. Absolutely. Okay. It really helps us bring the podcast to you and continue to get the feedback that is necessary to bring new listeners. Thanks for your support. Back to the episode. Here we go. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm a work in progress just like anybody else. And so I'm always checking in with my boundaries too. I'm a Pisces moon. So Uh, I, I I definitely feel like, you know, no boundaries and let me, let me help. Let me take care of you. Let me do all the things. And, and I also have that perfectionism aspect as well and wanting to make everything perfect. Mm -hmm. And so all of these things work against us. Yes, yes, me too. They do. And for us. And for us. Yes, yes. And, you know, energetic hygiene boundaries are so important for our own health. Um, and also so that we we follow our path and stay in our own lane, Correct. you know? So I think it's that's really important. So true. Um, so... I practice something called the bubble. We're all empathic beings. Um, And so I I teach this energetic bubble to other people. Um, It's, it's not a block, but it's, but it's helpful uh, for you to not to absorb other people's energies. So, so that's one thing that's happening all the time because we are empathic beings. Um, I believe we are all telepathic beings. Mm -hmm. That's what we are evolving into. And 
so there's a lot going on energetically and in the unseen worlds that we don't always pick up on or understand unless you're really tuned into it. And so I don't want to bring anyone home with me, so yes. to speak, any spirits mm-hmm. right. or, or anyone any mischievous things, um, as well as I don't want to take home my client's stuff and I don't want them taking home my exactly. stuff. And so, so there is that line because especially in sessions, you know, there can be, uh, it can feel kind of blurry in everything that you're sharing. And, yeah. and when you get into really deep conversations with people and people are opening up, I love having those conversations and it's a safe space to do that for me as well. I love communicating with my clients um, what's going on for me and vice versa, but we don't want to take that home with us. And in my healing sessions, I notice so many people are carrying around what to me looks like energetic backpacks. It's like, it's like when we go on a trip and we're going to be there for three days, but we took like two suitcases <laughs> and then you like go home and you're going to, you're just home for a day to go somewhere else. And you know, you're going to, you only wore like two things and they're the same two things you wear at home every day. Mm-hmm. And you still have all this shit with you. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you don't <laughs> unpack those bags and you take them on the next trip, you know, with all the shoes and all the things <laughs> and, and you don't need it. You need to put it back. And so <laughs> one one thing that my grandmother taught me in spirit, not living, she it was it was actually not too long ago um, with some o- some of my own health uh, issues that I have going on, is she was showing me her cancer, and this really shifted things for me. It was so profound. So I was I was looking at her cancer that had a form, and she was showing me this part of the cancer was the part where I was interfering in other people's business. I was, I was inserting myself. I was trying to be controlling. I was trying to fix things. I was, you know, in, 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 in the intention was good, you know, like it wasn't out of malice or anything, but it wasn't hers to, to deal with. It was other people's stuff. And then, it, then there was this other section she was showing me. And this was the part where I didn't focus on myself. I, I stopped doing things I, I loved. I didn't do my hobbies. I didn't make the decisions, you know, that for the things I wanted, I made them for other people. I, I compromised what I wanted. And, and as we make these day-to-day decisions, it just all she's showing me is building up, you know, into this wow. cancerous tumor. And it was really all about if I just handed over what was others, and if I just took also, you know, what was mine and, and owned that this is what I love in my life. I want strawberry ice cream and I don't want to compromise chocolate every time or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Wow. Something as small as that as, or as big as, you know, staying in a relationship or a job or an, some kind of toxic situation that we have so much power. We're, we're such powerful beings and we don't even realize it, but it is in these day-to-day moments, what we do, how, what we say, how we're feeling, you know, it, it all impacts us. So are we taking on other people's stuff, you know, that we can't really do anything with anyway, and they really need their stuff in order for them to process mm-hmm. it. We can't lift that load. We can hold compassionate, loving space for someone and we can be a witness and we can validate others. And that's such a healing, profound act right. that we all really are looking for. But it doesn't mean we need to take over or control it or come from a place where we're, we're going to fix it, you know? Right. <laughs> I totally get yeah. that. And so she God, was in spirit and you were 
uh, it was a medium moment for you. You were being a medium yeah. and you saw her through that. That's beautiful. And I do oh, believe, you know, and I know that you're not saying all that just adds to cancer, but it adds up in your body no. into some sort of, you know, Louise Hay would say, dis, 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 dis-ease, dis-ease yeah. which is disease, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Dis-ease, yeah. you know, and when you give yourself away. So I truly believe God, in that. It reflects, I love that. So can you talk a little bit about, I think that was really profound. Mm. I mean, honestly, I'm speechless, and that doesn't. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it over. I know. Yeah, please. Right now, but uh, can you talk a little bit about the work that you're doing with auras, with your healing and your Reiki, and can you talk about what kinds of work you're doing through that right now? Yeah. So I started incorporating auragraphs after COVID. So it's been a, a little over a year. And orographs are, are, it's a reading. So it's a, people book a reading with me. And while I'm doing the reading, I'm making their orograph, mm. which is a, a channel drawing. And so I will be seeing images and being guided around what exactly to, to put into the orograph. Uh, it's an hour long session. And then towards the end of the session, I then show my client the orograph mm. and then read to them what the orograph it means. Um, because each part of the orograph will have a, a meaning um, that that specifically pertains to them and and really their essence. Mm. You know, they're uh, it's like a a snow a soul snapshot, oh so to God. speak. I love um, and I find them to be very healing for people. Uh, a lot of people get them tattooed, and so I, I always ask my clients to sit with them for I, a lot of times. I mean, just the other day. Um, all my clients last week who got orographs, you know, they all say, I, I want this tattooed. Yes. I want to get it. I love it. And I, I will always ask people to sit with it for a moment to take it to their meditation or to think on it. Um, and what aspect of the orograph they want. Typically everybody wants the whole, whole thing. thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but sometimes, you know, people want just a small portion, which is totally fine. And then we schedule at a later date nice. the the tattoo to get it um, to get it tattooed, and sometimes people want them tattooed, but I but I'll discourage them from getting that particular orograph depending on what our session was around. It might not be mm. the one that you would want to mm-hmm. you know mark on your body forever. Right, mm-hmm. right. And it's also interesting my clients who get orographs regularly because I have a lot of clients who see me on a regular basis whether. They're having readings or healing sessions, um, or they're getting orographs every time. It's interesting to see how they shift and and what comes in to them. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. wondering, like the orographs, because I I've heard of this. I've never done this. I thought I've done almost everything. But you really have, honestly. <laughs> right. I yeah. haven't done yeah. this, so I can't wait to go come see you, April. Mm-hmm. But um, so is it the how do they change over time? Is it this, what the soul wants to express at that moment? Or is it like a, uh, a like diagram to find your soul or what, what is does the the aura change? Like Like what influences that? that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's not like futuristic. I'm going to be, we're going to be the next Oprah and Gail. I mean, that is futuristic. Yeah, that's true. But but is it futuristic like that? Or is it more like the soul speaking to you where you're at? Yeah. I would say mm, it feels like the, the soul speaking to me overall, where, where it's at. A lot of people come 
whether they're getting an orograph or not, I'm always asking people, what is your intention for the session? Right. And, and sometimes we'll talk a little bit about, you know, really honing in on what the in- intention is and getting really clear before we go into a session. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really important in order to open, open things up. And because my client's voice in the session and your openness and willingness is really what is going to bring more into the session. Right. And so I feel as if it's a soul snapshot, mm-hmm. but in that intention, whatever the intention is, we're always going back. Mm. So we're going back to the root cause of whatever it is for my client to then gain clarity on where we're going. And I'm always setting the intention that we're seeing the path of the most ease and joy because there's many trajectories that we can take and nothing is really solid or set in stone. We We tend to choose the path of resistance and getting in our way and I believe that we'll all come to where we're supposed to come, no matter which pathway we choose, but we could choose an easier path. So I'm always looking for that. It's it's interesting, your question, because it's like there's a, there's an aspect of going back and, and all sorts of things will come into these, these orographs that feel... Um, Sometimes it's very literal, like I'll be drawing of someone, I'll draw someone's tattoo and then they'll be like, I have this tattoo here. Um, Sometimes it's around things that they really love, but mostly it's shapes and and the shapes that Mm. very much looks, very much looks geometric and similar to like, um, not the artwork that I do. uh, It looks like my artwork, I guess, but, but in an orograph sense, mm-hmm. not, not like when people are commissioning, commissioning me for, for custom pieces, but so, you know, I have a lot of clients who have a lot of trauma and as we all have a lot of trauma, but I, I, I've heard some, you know, I have some clients with some pretty serious stuff. And if we're, if we have a session all around that, and it's not, we're not in a healing place yet, and we're still on that journey. Mm-hmm. I don't love to mark those things on the body. I want to get to the more evolved space that you're in. And maybe it's a combination of many orographs that we're putting together. There's, I mean, endless options really. But overall, I mean, I guess I would just capture it as it it feels as if the, it's the, the snapshot of the essence of my client and their situation Although the other day I did one that was really unique that really had to do with her entire family's lineage. It was really a a soul collective session in her soul family and really what's happening in the dynamic of, of her lineage, Mm. Um, which a lot of that has been coming up the last year and a half or so Mm -hmm. for people. Really? So beyond just this lifetime, it's lifetimes and, and family lineage beyond like there's like a a huge transformation going on energetically within. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I feel it's, it's my belief. I mean, in this lifetime, we are reconciling Mm -hmm. so many past lifetimes, Mm -hmm. you know, where things maybe didn't end up as well. And in this lifetime, we're really being triggered because those things are coming up again. And then the soul is like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Right. <laughs> and, then it, and then it starts overreacting <laughs> and, you know, we, we have an illness or we have something that happens and it's, you know, it's really for us to reconcile and calm the soul down that no, this doesn't mean right. that we're going to wind up dying. Like it maybe happened in another lifetime, right. but that we need to work through this and, and choose, you know, a, a, I don't know if better pathways, the right, the right word. Um, but 
different, but that pathway, a different, different path. you know, yeah, yeah, I know for sure. Path. Very interesting. So you have kind of almost from a, a business model standpoint, it seems like you've kind of flipped the model a bit from the tattoo leading, leading with the tattoo foot to leading more with that energetic, broader spiritual perspective and healing, healing perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I find that fascinating. And yet, you know, there's clearly a a great deal of, um, in reading your bio on, on the website, just a great deal of love for the, the tattoo, just exactly what you were just talking about, that the tattooing is, is kind of a closure of mm, a time or space change evolution like it's almost like a closure of one chapter and opening of another or celebration of another chapter can you talk about your thoughts on tattooing and that process and how it fits into the metaphysical work that you do yeah and i feel yeah i feel like one other thing is just like for me though there's a thread of like this art yeah is like a foundational thread mm-hmm yeah. Um, so again, like most things for me, it starts with the vision. <laughs> I, I get visions, you know, and I and I don't necessarily know how they're going to come about or when it's going to happen. You know, it's not really, again, up to us to decide those things as much as it drives me crazy. <laughs> um, you know that. Uh, so I. I started having these visions around the time of opening altar, maybe a couple years before of past lifetimes where I was a tattooer from a long Mm. time ago and people were coming to see me and I would be in this tent and there were guards around and, um, people would think that I was a man. Um, and so they would be surprised when they would come in and it was a female, which is why that from my understanding of the vision, it's a, you know, it's a limited perspective of just what I saw. I, I felt intuitively that's why there were these people standing outside. Mm And then, so my clients would come in and they were coming in for healings. They weren't coming in for tattoos. They were coming in for healings. And then after the healing, I would then apply these symbols in tattoo form. And then I would rub this ash that then would leave the tattoo, which was the talisman um, of, you know, that, that symbol, that sacred magic symbol that's personal to you and your healing. Mm. Um, And they would be put specifically in areas of the body um, that correlated with whatever was around the illness or a past life situation or whatever was happening. And so that's where I feel like tattooing comes from. And in order for me to honor, um, honor tattooing and the way I feel about tattooing and where, where I see that it comes from in, in those origins, um, I knew I had to create a, a different space, which is alter to be able to do mm-hmm. that. And so it's been really challenging for me since opening, trying to figure out how to marry and weave together mm-hmm. these worlds. And I have done it. I mean, it's been um, going on six years, you know, since being here and it's changed so much. So I, I my intention was always there but it just looked different um, over the years and how I was incorporating them and, and trying to figure out how I do this and making it as effective and efficient as possible um, for myself, my client, the healing, and also just making it make sense, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so for a while, I feel like I floundered around a little bit. I also was 
was really having an issue with trust, um, especially around my mediumship and not understanding that spirit is always going to show up, that it's not up to me to, again, control anything, that I'm literally just the vessel for the information. I, I don't remember readings. I mean, I, I, won't, I won't remember anything. I have clients who see me repeatedly. Sometimes I'll remember certain things hmm. from sessions, but it's, it's in and then it's mm-hmm. gone. Wow. And so, and it's like that with my artwork too, because I, I channel for all of my artwork, my custom pieces as well, and really um, tapping into the energy and the essence of who is coming in and, and what needs to unfold mm. in this drawing. So it's, it's changed over time, COVID, and then also some health issues. It was ultimately my health issues, but which just happened to be like around COVID that really it was the biggest hitting the over the head moment of my life of really having to awaken to quit denying that that I'm an intuitive medium and that this is why I'm here mm-hmm. this is my service and this is what I I need to do and I've always known that it's so funny because I I look back as a child and it's like duh mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I don't know what took me so long to figure it out like no one around me is surprised and my husband's probably like the biggest non-believer ever. And, you know, he's a believer now. So I love that. It's a great story. Yeah. They're telling him about what his grandmother is saying, you know, or things that I couldn't possibly know, or, you know, it's, it's, it it all comes together, but yeah. So I, I, I really had to, I don't know, put my big girl pants on and just face the music and, and really come out of the closet, so to speak, that, that this is who I am. And that I can't deny this anymore. And I knew I had to do it or I wasn't going to heal. I wasn't going to physically heal myself. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't live in your authentic truth, it's. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because. Soul sucking. Because the orographs are exactly what her vision was from the prior life Mm -hmm. in the tent. Mm -hmm. And I mean that you, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, you did the healing and then you have the tattoo and that's Mm -hmm. what you're doing now. You're doing the healing, the orograph, Mm -hmm. and then people are sitting with it and deciding how to tattoo. So you've actually recreated your vision. Yeah. 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 In the present life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's still... It's, it's, there's more to come. It's still evolving. I, I have other things coming in um, that I haven't made public yet, but I'm, I know. but I'm, re- yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I feel like it's all the stepping stones, you know, it, it's, it's just like finding the space and just right. putting one foot in front of the other. You know, we don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but, but just staying, staying on the path. And that's again, where it's so important for me to, to do my meditation, to make mm-hmm. sure I'm eating real food and drinking water and sleeping and, <laughs> yep. you know, and, and not pushing my energy outside of my body to will things to happen. That can work. It, you can manifest and you can make shit happen, yep. but it's going to be at the expense of your body. Yep. And that's what I'm trying to correct. Even though I have all the practices in place and, and energetic hygiene and, and all of the things, I spent years not really knowing what I was doing. Um, and I'm still learning. But I feel like in, in the past years of really not uh, getting it or not having those boundaries or, or um, not making the best decisions for myself, you know, really caught up to me. And so I'm having to undo those layers, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Well, if you could only go back years and years and, you know, decades before and- <laughs> That's what I think. I, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking right now, listening For myself. To God dang it. Uh, you know, nobody wants to get the, uni- we call it the universal two by four. Yeah. Uh, when you don't listen, yeah. you don't listen, you don't listen, it's a big old whack right across the head. So, I mean, that's no good. Um, but, you know, to your point, if if you if we all practice and it's so hard, I do think COVID's given us all a little bit of a gift and some space mm-hmm. to- to get a little quieter and and get off that you know hamster wheel and some of those things that were pick up life, the phone pick up the pick up the phone be available yeah. to answer the call whatever <laughs> it is and I think that's super important as long as people are using that time to your point to better themselves and to get quiet and create some practices and rituals for yourself to really create an open space so that you you learn what's important to you you hear what you what you need to hear so that you make the right decisions going forward as hard as those maybe. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, and I would also add communing with nature because the guides yeah. are always talking about that, about really getting outside and walking or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you like to do outside, but that it's so important that you're outside and listening, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up to, mm. to the nature realms and, and all the energies that are around in that way in a safe way, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> not all the energy that I want to yep. specify yep. because we're fed so much by mother earth, by the trees, by the animals, by the plant spirits, by, by so many things going on that really can help inform us that they also have the answers for us too. Right. And so I think it's, it's so important just to, to make sure you're getting outside. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I Beautiful. agree. So we will link your website on our in our show notes, mm-hmm. Alter Seattle. Uh, and okay, how do people get a hold of you? And if you want to, so for a regular custom tattoo like I did, we did set an attention. We did do mm-hmm. all of that. But I don't know that the time that we, I would have definitely done an orograph. Mm-hmm. We have to go back for we that, Jeej. Okay, we will. So oh, we're going to do it. So. I don't know that I'm going to get a tattoo of it, but I, who knows? We'll see, we'll see, right? I could be inspired. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Anyway, we did have, she's a a commissioned artist. Yeah. A lot of people frame them or they'll, they'll, I totally want to frame it it into like a, you know, another piece of art or something. By no means do you have to get them tattooed. No, but I love it. I want it framed in the, in the studio, Jeej. We're going to have have one on your side, one on mine. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) A little orograph hovering above our head. Yes, there we go. That's a good idea. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, how do people get a hold of you? And so for custom tattoo, there's really, I mean, it's really hard to get. It's always um, hard, but it's, it's always harder. hard. I think it's harder now, yeah, yeah. now that your, your time is so precious in the healings and the intuitive gifts. Yeah. Um, so booking a session for an orograph or how do they get in touch with you? What is that? What's ex- what's the expectation yeah. there for our audience? Yeah, you can just go to my website. It's alterseattle.co and it's A-L-T-A-R seattle.co. Um, I have an Instagram at April Cornell or at Alter Seattle. Uh, my assistant's amazing. So she gets back to everybody. But there is a schedule, a scheduler on the website if you want to book readings, orographs, healing sessions. And then for tattoo work, there's a submission form for custom tattoo work. I, I am taking a pause on taking custom tattoos um, besides express bookings because um, I'm booked into um, most of 2023, I think. Wow. Um, so I'm trying to shorten that gap a little bit. Um, and I, I like to get my clients who want orographs in within a few weeks. So uh, not, well, a few months, I should say. Yeah. It's more realistic. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't 
make my orograph clients wait too long for their tattoos. Um, but yeah, those are the best ways to get a hold of me. It's Fantastic. so exciting. And I can't wait to hear what the next chapters and the next evolution. I, the teasers were good. I mean, I there's more coming. Oh. I'm loving it. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, for, for when you're, now. when you're ready and, and willing to share, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely. I know we oh, could, I feel like we could learn so much from, oh. I mean, this is the, exactly how you've evolved your life and, and, and with such humbleness around, gosh, you know, I probably wasn't following my my guidance or, or paying attention yeah. and you know I wasn't maybe leveraging all my gifts or like gosh I could have done this a long time ago I mean there's there I don't hear a lot of remorse in your voice just more of a I'm 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 here now I'm paying attention now I'm yeah. I I'm, I'm moving forward this is part of that that process that learning process that we all have as human beings right and so it's it was lovely to yeah. hear thank you I think Another one, I just because I feel like it's important to add that made a huge shift for me. And before I had that awakening of hearing that voice mm-hmm. in the car accident, it was um, uh, a while before then that I, I quit drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it was just numbing out my senses so much that I, I didn't realize it. And I think in, I was I was I wasn't an alcoholic. I wouldn't consider myself an alcoholic. I was drinking as much as anyone else is drinking yeah. in the world with- is too much. A lot. Yep. But, yep. Yep. And and no judgment at all to people who drink mm-hmm. at all. For me, I really wanted to step out of the matrix, mm-hmm. and and that was keeping me kind of locked in and and not um, seeing what I really wanted to see clearly. Mm-hmm. And and it was just pivotal in my growth and in being able to hear myself. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And and it. For other people, it might be other things. For me, it was that. And it and and just that act alone, I mean, my life just kept getting better and better and better. Mm. I always imagined there was like this 30-day detox, and then you're like, <laughs> you know, you're free of it all or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and it was so weird because it was like 90 days and then a year and then two years and three years, and, and it just kept getting better wow. and better and better and better. And it's just, it's interesting, you know? So I, I feel like we all have different vices and whatever they are right now, one of mine is coffee. I was going to ask you if you were on caffeine because I've gone off and on caffeine to Mm -hmm. think, okay, well, I feel like, okay, maybe that's too much mental chatter for me, for my meditation or for whatever. And I'm miserable even after I've done it for a year. And when I go back on, I'm like, Oh, I'm so happy. I mean, like, I mean, there's something mm-hmm. euphoric about it. So that's probably means I should get off of it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. One time I heard it was, it was last year or this year sometime I heard Marianne Williamson say that she drinks a cup of coffee before meditation. <laughs> and I thought, okay, it's fine. It's okay, fine. good. If yeah, she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. She can do it. I think every, I mean, but to your point, I love that. Like, um, alcohol absolutely mm-hmm. can, for not everybody, mm-hmm. um, but it could be caffeine. It could be something else yeah. for you. So you mm-hmm. have to, it's all individual. Everybody is really different and needs what it, it needs. Yeah. Well, know? it's all, and, it's all about why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, if it's for social and yeah. fun and all that stuff and you can put yeah. it in that spot. But if, if you're using it to, to, Sometimes to, after work, to hit like- the mute button <laughs> on the phone. So, you, cause you don't, so you don't hear what the universe is giving you what you're, yeah. what's going on, totally. then that's, then that is where, um, it will no doubt free you if you can, if you can t- get rid of that out of yeah. your life for sure. And th- that's exactly why I brought it up because a lot of intuitives and a lot of mediums 
fall into it, mm-hmm. into addiction, into like doling out those voices that you're hearing mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I do hear, you know, the other side, I, I see more, we all have different gifts that we're attuned to. Um, but I do know, I have heard that story a lot with, with intuitives, um, and mediums that fall, fall into some kind of addiction or another. And, mm-hmm. um, and just like coffee, that's something for me that I have to keep it in check. Like hearing Marianne say, I do it gives me that excuse <laughs> to be like, oh, I can do it too. But really, I know that my soul saying, you need to chill on the mm-hmm. coffee. <laughs> Marianne just said one cup. That's I all Marianne drink. But one cup leads to two. I'm just going to say. Because I, I was yeah. on decaf and then I went one cup and now it's like. I kind of want another. <laughs> I don't know. What would Marianne do? Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Well, Thank we really you. appreciate Fantastic. you and all that you're doing and all that you've, you know, given us and blessed yeah. us with today. Yeah. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for thinking of me. I'm glad I stuck in your mind you so that we could have that. Yeah, yeah, and and you. for all the right reasons, based on today, Absolutely. it was incredible. So wonderful. Thank you for thank your you time, so April. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining our VIP conversation, and please visit us at our website www.loauncorked.com. See you soon. Bye.